Hi, I'm Jason Hatcher, Managing Principal at Navigator's Western Offices. I'm happy to welcome you back to The Western Edge, a podcast by Navigator here in Western Canada. I'm very excited today to be speaking with the new CEO of the Calgary Chamber of Commerce, Deborah Yedlin. Deb started in her new role last week, and she'll be joining us to discuss her vision for the Chamber, the state of the economy here in Alberta, and some exciting and surprising initiatives that are leading Alberta and the West out of the pandemic. Deb is also the Chancellor of the University of Calgary, a former business commentator and consultant. She's worked with the Golden Mail, the Financial Post, and has been a regular business commentator for both CBC and CTV. We are so pleased to have our good friend Deb joining us today. You've heard it before, the West wants in. This is the Western Edge. Well, welcome, Deb. It's wonderful to have you with us here today. I, I will confess this is a, a bit of a treat. I've been many times on the other end of your interview questions, so it's kind of nice to return the favor after so many years of working together. Well, Jason, I look forward to the conversation. And as you know, it's a little bit awkward for me to be on the receiving end of the question <laughs> as opposed to being, uh, being the asker of the questions. Well, it's probably something I guess we're going to have to, you're going to have to get used to as, uh, as you've taken on this new role at CEO and, and president of the, uh, of the Chamber of Commerce. Congratulations. Thank you so much. It's very what? exciting to be in this role at a time when Calgary's changing so quickly. And full confession, I am on the board. We are so excited to have Deb, Deb uh, assume the chair, if you will. And I know there's great things in store. And maybe we'll just start there. So Deb, you know, you're, you're a few days into the chair and, and uh, just in the last week. So we're really excited to have you on. You know, what are your first priorities and, and what are you excited about uh, taking on this new role? So Jason, what I really want to understand is from our, from our members and from business in Calgary, how we can support their objectives and how, what, what voice they need to be represented in terms of their policies and regulations that affect them at the municipal, provincial, and federal levels. So really what I want to do is hear from them and understand what they need from us. The second thing is, and the second part of that is, the way we have been living and working has changed so dramatically in the last 16 months. And it's changed for all of our businesses. They've looked at the way they do business. They've looked at how they do business. They've looked at the markets that they've been accessing. I was speaking to somebody who um, was telling me who's a jeweler. And he was telling me that his market has now been become the globe. Whereas before he was entirely focused on Calgary-based customers. So those are the kinds of things that have happened. And I need to understand, we need to understand as an organization, what that means in terms of the support that these businesses need. Is it market access? Is it trade issues? Like what are the issues that have arisen they may not have thought about or had to deal with 16 months ago? Yeah, you know, Deb, a lot of our, our listeners, whether it be here in Alberta or across the country, you know, they're all well aware that's been a challenging, you know, yeah. set of years for, for Calgary and for Alberta. But there seems to be, and you and I've talked about this a lot, there was a lot of trepidation the last year, but there seems to be a new energy coming out of, out of as we emerge from, from, from the pandemic, we're continuing to fight it, but obviously starting to open up here in the province. What do you see the future of Calgary? Do you sense that excitement? Do you think there's some things starting to happen in the city? And what do you think that looks like over the next, let's start in the short term, in the next, the next year or so? So I think the next year, first of all, we're gonna benefit from the energy sector itself and the strong cash flows and the, the production that we're gonna see because prices are higher. 
both for oil and natural gas. That will all that will give it give Calgary a bit of a lift to begin with. But what, what's really exciting is the uh, the economic diversification, the leveraging of existing businesses and expertise. So, for example, we are starting to see a growing uh, number of businesses that are engaged in the clean tech, green tech world. We're starting to see accelerators coming to Alberta and saying, you know, this is a place where I need to be because there's technology being developed here and I need to be part of it. We had a company called Carbon Upcycling that was one of the two finalists in the Carbon X Prize, the Cosia Carbon X Prize. That's the kind of stuff that's happening in Calgary and not a lot of people know about it. So as much as we need to, to support the businesses that are taking advantage of the need to address the environmental challenges associated with the energy sector and basically ensure that we have a viable energy sector going forward for decades to come. We also need to figure out ways to um, look at different kinds of businesses to come here and to really leverage the FinTech, the AgTech, the other organization, the, the health sciences potential that obviously would be uh, associated with the University of Calgary. There's a lot that's going on here. And I think if one thing is very notable, people are starting to talk about the future and they're not as focused on the rear view mirror. Because I think what happened initially was when the oil price crashed and we saw the challenges faced by companies and all the issues that everybody had to deal with, that rear view mirror was, you know, that was where everybody was looking, but now they're starting to look forward. And I think that's what's really exciting. Well, I think it's what Albertans are more comfortable with is looking forward, right? We, it, it's, I think that's a great way of putting it. I sense the same. You know, you talked about the energy rebound and, and, and people are seeing that with energy prices and the like, but you listed an awful lot of other things in there. And I, I want to talk about some of the other sectors that, that folks may not be aware of that are burgeoning here in the, in the province and in, in, the, uh, in the city. But let's just stand on that clean, clean tech energy piece. Um, because we are seeing other hubs develop in the world. Norway is working towards one. We see the UK working towards it. And then we've recently had this announcement by the producers re representing about 90% of, of, of oil production in the country. And they say they want to they support uh, net zero. They support Paris. What does this mean for the energy industry? But are there knock-on effects for other industries too? Because it's just an interesting sort of space right now. So I honestly uh, believe that we don't appreciate how pivotal that announcement was. And that's something, you know, perhaps in the energy sector in Calgary, we understand why it was important, but that same perception is not being shared across the country or around the world. Think about the fact that you have an industry that has come together to solve this issue and commit to pathways to net zero. There is no other industry on this planet that has done the same thing. We haven't seen the same kind of collaborative agreement in the, with, amongst energy companies in the States. We haven't seen it in Europe. Everybody's doing their own thing. You haven't seen 90% of production of the oil sands production, those companies that they represent coming together and saying, you know what, we are committed. We're committed to moving this ahead because we want to have a viable energy sector and we want to make sure that we're contributing to the Canadian economy over the long haul. So that to me is hugely significant. So what's that going to mean? That means investment in technology. That means investment in infrastructure. So when you talk about knock-on effects, this is great from a university perspective, any post-secondary, because the research piece is going to be critical to making that happen. The infrastructure piece, that means, you know, that's engineering, that's design, that's all the different materials that come into building something new and something up to date. 
So I think this is so important from an energy sector perspective, but we know that when these, these, these kinds of initiatives take root, we start to see the technologies and the processes that might've been used in, this one, in, in meeting that one goal being applied to a whole bunch of other goals and, uh, and, and opportunities. So I think this is, there's no reason why we should not be the clean tech leader in the world. We have the expertise, we have, you know, we, we know how to risk capital and we know how to make big projects work. Why is, why should we not be a beacon for this on the planet? We absolutely should be. Well, you know, and, and it's fascinating because the project itself, of course, contemplates bringing in other industries. So it's not just solely focused on, on oil and gas. That's obviously the big, the big enchilada, the thing that we need to solve. Um, but what does that mean for, for really the rest of Canada too? We, we often talk about the benefits of the energy sector to the rest of Canada. And I, I don't think we've really defined that well in this country. And that starts here at home in Alberta for us. But, you know, it seems that we've been talking now about clean tech and, and how, to, how to do things better in terms of energy, but it needed a kickstart. Is this the kickstart? And could this have, not, again, knock-ons now outside of Alberta for the rest of Canada? So I, what, I, what I do think is that this actually sort of spurs on the need to address the scope three emissions. So we talk about scope one, scope two, and scope three. Scope three is actually basically created from the demand side, from you and I getting in our car, buying something that's made from, from a petroleum product, and the scope three emissions associated with what we do every day. So less industrial, this is the stuff that you and I do in our households and people across the country. Right, and so I think that's where we'll see some really, we have the potential to see some really interesting innovation come up because there's no reason, and I had a conversation with an energy CEO recently about this, why the energy sector has to be encumbered by addressing the, the actual consumption piece that you and I are responsible for still doesn't make any sense. The, the emissions, the impact associated with production of, of oil and natural gas, that makes sense. But the scope three in terms of the usage and the demand side, that's on us. And so I think what you start to see is industries that use energy changing the way they use energy. And we as consumers start to change the way we use it. And that's where the spin-off effect comes across. And nobody is gonna be left on the sidelines in terms of not having to deal with this because you know Enbridge has that great tagline, life takes energy. Take everything we do every day takes energy and that's not changing. How we use energy will change, but we'll still be using it. I know for sure. I mean, that, that makes a great deal of sense. Do you think the rest of Canada knows about where this is heading? Because there's only gonna be so many global hubs you know, the idea I know is supported across Canada that we need to invest into R&D. You know, we saw the you know, lack of vaccine at the beginning of the pandemic was a part of that. But, you know, we, had, we, we figured out ways in Canada to do all kinds of incredible things in energy. It seems right that we should be at the leadership of, of cleaning that energy now. Are we doing the right, are we doing enough to tell our story out, outside of Alberta and getting the rest of Canada excited? And maybe what role do you think you see yourself and, and the chamber playing in that? Have we ever told that story well, Jason? A bit of a puffball, isn't it? Uh, you know, it, uh, that is just been the... You were tougher on me when you asked questions, I will say this, but I will leave that with you. <laughs> no, but the, the thing is, we've never told our story well, but, and the yeah. problem is that it's devolved into a declare and defend meant approach to, to the story itself, which is not where we need to go. This is a values-based conversation. 
energy, as I said, everything we do takes energy. And we have areas of the country that still don't have access to reliable energy to live their lives the way we do and we take for granted. So this is a conversation that has to change in nature. And we need to tell the story about what the clean tech, green tech, car, um, climate tech industry means for the rest of Canada. Because if we're really concerned about climate change, it's not just about the energy sector, it's about every one of us. We all have a role in changing that channel and it's, we, we, are, we cannot be bystanders. Nobody can be a bystander um, you know, from coast to coast because of how we depend on energy. So is it realistic, do you think, that Canada and, and Alberta can become a, a global le leader in, in decarbonization and, and to make it even maybe, you know, my, my, my shot at a tougher question here, you know, can we get Canadians to be proud of this? Can we, can we get Canadians behind the energy sector you know, if we're solving these kind of, of real global problems? What everybody's waiting for are results. Show me what the results are. And if I believe in what you're showing me, then I will be happy to champion this as something that's Canadian and that's something that's benefiting the rest of the world. What's really interesting is that you mentioned the vaccines um, a little while ago. What we've seen in the course of the pandemic that we've never seen before is this collaboration that's happened in science and research around the globe 24 hours a day to find, you know, first to map the, the, the uh, sequence, to sequence the, uh, the, vac the virus, and then to find a way to develop a vaccine. This mentality of collaboration, I believe, has changed the way we think about science and research for forever. I don't think we go back to those silos anymore. People recognize that the research is for everybody and it benefits, benefits all of us. And, and that's why I think when you look at what's happening in the um, net zero carbonization initiative and really the catalyst being what those energy companies announced, think about the possibility of what it means for all the universities to collaborate in various pieces of this across the country. Across the country you know, yeah. um, there's something a little known most Canadians probably don't know anything about Triumph, T-R-I-U-M-F. It's based out of UBC. It's a physics-focused uh, research um, initiative started by someone who worked on the Manhattan Project. Oh, wow. And it, not, it was established at UBC, and then it uh, brought in other universities as members. In a way, you can see the same sort of thing evolving and that research taking, taking root from an energy, from a decarbonization standpoint. And we should lead it in Canada, in Alberta, at the University of Calgary, at the University of Alberta. There's so much research that has gone on. I mean, just think about the fact that if it wasn't for the public, private um, and uh, government connection with Aostra, we wouldn't have an oil sands industry in the first place. Right. Right? right. So we, we need to go back in that direction. Is it the same model? We're not sure what it looks like. Maybe it is, but it's definitely possible. We became known for being able to produce the oil sands. Let's become known for being able to produce the oil sands and eliminating the carbon footprint.
Yeah, it, it seems like such a huge goal, but we, we don't get anywhere in Canada without having these big audacious goals and getting behind them and achieving them. And, you know, you're right about collaboration, particularly around, you know, what we've seen around the pandemic. But I think society is also expecting more collaboration now. Um, the kind of collaboration we're seeing from, from, from like you said, the, the oil producers uh, banding together to, to solve this problem. It's very exciting. Maybe we just shift. We've talked a little bit about energy, a fair amount about energy, but I'd like to shift because I know in speaking to you, Deb, you, you've, you've often championed, uh, you've been a great voice for energy, but you've also talked a lot about what's going on in the city beyond energy. Um, maybe let's talk a little bit about that. What are, what are other sectors you see that are exciting you as you, as you uh, have stepped into the chair of, of, at the chamber here? So, I, you know, I, what I get really excited about are the opportunities and the companies that are created through initiatives like Creative Destruction Labs. That's affiliated with you. That's that's at the Haskane School of Business. Takes startups, mentors the companies. They go through a sort of a eight month program, and at the end of it, they're in a position to grow or say, well, maybe I have to change my my business model. And I find that, you know, that there's three streams. There's it's ag, prime, and and energy. Obviously, the number of companies that have come through, the number of um, startups that we've seen since CDL Rockies was established and companies that continue to be based in, um, in Calgary, some of them energy related, some not, is very exciting. So we're seeing progress on the health sciences front. We're seeing ag tech and agriculture initiatives all aimed to increase productivity and decrease costs and, you know, and make sure that the, food, the issue of food security is something that we address. So I, I think that there's, you know, there's that, there's FinTech when we see um, the financial uh, software firms, we have the quantum computing initiative that's through with the university with emphasis that just announced that they were coming here. And we have accelerators that are coming to, uh, to Calgary because we're starting to attract capital. And I think that's the piece people don't recognize. There's enough, of, there's enough momentum going on here that people are starting to look at Calgary and the businesses that are created here as where they want to be looking at in terms of adding to their portfolios. So I think there's a lot of optimism here. And the other, the last piece, Jason, is we have a lot of good microbreweries in Alberta. We have a that's lot right. of good microbreweries in Calgary. And that's actually a burgeoning industry for this province and for the city. People don't realize it's, it's, it's not insignificant. We, we've focused a lot in the series we've been doing on, on doing a better job of telling our stories, some things that people may not know about Western Canada and Alberta uh, to, our, to our families and friends and, and colleagues across the rest of the country. Um, you've said tech a dozen times uh, in the answer to that question, probably not what people think of when they think of Alberta, of tech and where, and microbreweries. And, and it sounds like it might be a great attractive to, to, to know younger Canadians who are looking to, to maybe uh, be at the cutting edge of things. What's maybe, going on? Why are we talking about tech so much? Maybe we need to sell our potential based on the microbreweries and then the tech. That's right. I don't that's know. Worked for me when I was younger. That's how I ended up out here. Well, younger demographic, maybe that's where you need to go. But I just, you know, I think about the fellows that, uh, that, that started Skip the Dishes. Mm -hmm. And they came to Alberta to, you know, they're not from here, they're from Saskatchewan. They came to Alberta, they came to Calgary to set up their next venture, Harvest. Uh, so just, they see the potential here to be able to start up new businesses. They're, and I, you know, we could go on into all sorts of um, other businesses that have been created using the knowledge that we have here. I actually ran into somebody yesterday 
who has come to Calgary has been disrupting the mortgage business in the States in terms of how payments are accepted and that whole process. They're here. They're looking at setting up shop here and saying, this is a place where we want to base our next, our, you know, continue to grow our business. So there's, there's so much here. We have this highly educated workforce. And at the end of the day, when you think about it, we have a lot of engineers. We have a lot of finance professionals. What you do is you apply what you know in a different way. And I think that's what's really exciting. People for a long time, because they could, just looked at their future from an energy sector's perspective. But there's so much that they've done, learned, applied in that sector that can go somewhere else now. And so that's where the potential is. And then we have this, you know, we have people who are willing to risk capital. We have the ability to raise capital. And we have a lot of mentors that are willing to support these uh, young businesses as well. You know, it's funny. I don't think it'll surprise our Canadian viewers that, you know, Albertans could be disruptors or mavericks. They just might see that more politically than they would seeing it applied to other sectors. But that's what's been going on here. You know, the backdrop of a, of a, of a declining economy has shifted and they're looking for new opportunities, whether it be in energy or, or other places. Um, yeah. It's very exciting to see. Jason, just think about it. Everybody, how, everybody that's listening to this probably used to get the dishes at least once. That's right. The, the, the young men who created it are now in Calgary doing their next venture. So as you as uh, as we finish out here now, Deb, uh, how optimistic are you are are you for the future of Calgary? And uh, what do you think your next six months are going to look like? You said you're going to do a lot of listening, uh, but uh, tell us a little bit of what it might look like. So you know, I think first of all, I'm very optimistic about where Calgary is today and where we're going in the next 10, six to twelve months. I think we have you know, there's so many cliches. We've turned a corner. There's a light at the end of the tunnel pick your cliche, we're, we're heading out of what's been a really, really tough time. We still need to deal with the unemployment numbers. We still might need to look at the people that have been displaced by the downturn. We need to think about reskilling, upskilling, micro-credentialing people so that they can participate in this next wave of economic growth and participate meaningfully. But I think that when we have this conversation a year from now, we're gonna be seeing a very different Calgary. We'll have seen more businesses created. We know that there are accelerators coming up, coming in to set up shop in the city. That's gonna create some more interest in what's happening and what can be funded and what can grow. So that's, that's one piece. The second thing is that we have to do, and this is what I hope, is that people will see Calgary as a place where they wanna come and live and work and make a life here. Because we haven't seen that kind of excitement about Calgary for quite a while. And what we really need in the city is a resurgence of the young talent, the problem solvers, the doers, the people that look at things a little differently and see the potential and really don't let anybody else who's been here for a long time start looking in that rear view mirror. We need that optimism from the younger generation to really keep pushing us forward. Uh, and you know, I, I think that we're gonna see some interesting developments in the next six months. Uh, we have two elections, municipal in Calgary, and we have a federal election looming, as we all know. And I think that's going to provide an opportunity for conversations that need to happen. And that will also help move us forward. But no matter which way I look at it, it's going to be a very busy six months, whether it's listening to people, understanding what, uh, what businesses need, reflecting that to, to the, the various levels of government and supporting businesses to understand what they need in this new economy that's changed so dramatically in this new landscape. 
Well, I think we'll leave it there. What a great place to leave it. If you if you want to be at the center where things are going in Canada, uh, you need to be here in, in Calgary. You need to be paying attention to what's going on here. Deb, I hope you'll stick around for some fun uh, rapid fire questions. Absolutely. Uh, Deb, I know you to uh, participate in the art of some of the triathloning stuff. So tell me, cycling, swimming, running, what's your favorite? Uh, cycling. Cycling. And you've yeah. done a lot of cycling, I think, haven't you? How's the yeah. season gone so far? Uh, well, I've been getting, I have a, I have a neighbor uh, who is equally busy and she actually is quite uh, keen to ride with me. We go out at six o'clock in the morning, quarter to six in the morning, and we'll ride 50 or 60K. Oh, good. Every day? Uh, not every day, but probably three times a week. And then we go out on the weekends as well. So yeah, good. great way to see the province, a great way to see the, the, uh, the, uh, the rural parts of the, of the province. Yeah, it is. And you're going to have to go 50 or 60K to find a hill in this place. I, no, I know exactly where there's some hills. Actually, the city is supposed to be to find hills because they've closed other roads, but that's another conversation. Oh, yeah, I'll leave that one for today. Uh, so you've lived all across North America. A lot of people don't realize this because you're so part of the Calgary fabric, uh, especially since I've been here for the last 20 years. Yeah. What's your favorite place out, outside of Calgary? Because then you spent some time in New York and, and all kinds of interesting things. Yeah, so, uh, John Steinbeck said, once a New Yorker, always a New yeah. Yorker. And that is really one of my favorite places. But I, 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 you know, I, I live there. I love going to London. And of course, when you talk about cycling, you can't not you can't talk about cycling without talking about Italy. Oh, so wow. that is definitely one of the one of my favorite places to travel to and to, uh, to see the countryside on my bike. So there's been lots of uh, purchases made in the pandemic. What is your favorite purchase? Or maybe it's not a purchase. Maybe it's more of a, a New member of your family. Yes, we have, we, uh, we have a new Bernadoodle. He's now 14 months old. We got, we, he was born on the 11th of, of April, 2020. And we got him home on the 1st of June. He has chewed two of my shoes. He's uh -oh. a lovely dog. He's got a great temperament. We named him Hazu because it was the nickname for my husband's um, uncle who had passed away. His name was Hans. And his nickname was Hazu. And so the dog is named Hazu. And uh, we're, he's delightful. Um, it was a very good acquisition. There's been no buyer's remorse, let's put it that way. Okay. <laughs> That's good to hear this one in. What's your favorite hidden gem in the city of Calgary? This is what I've been asking a bunch of people. I think the hidden gems are the cycling routes that I go on southwest of the city and see the wildlife. We see moose, we see eagles, we see owls, lots of deer. I mean, people don't realize what we have in our backyard in terms of the incredible cycling we have in Alberta and in Calgary. And so any chance I get, I'm out in the foothills um, just enjoying myself. Yeah, I've had the opportunity to live in many cities as well. And what I love about this city is you've got all the amenities of a modern uh, growing city, and then you can go a very short distance and you're in whole different worlds, uh, depending on which way you go, east, north, south, or west. Deb Yedlin, thank you so much for joining us. Congratulations on the new role uh, as uh, President and CEO of the Calgary Chamber of Commerce. We know you're going to do an awesome role. You're a great voice and representative for Alberta. Uh, all the best going forward. Thanks so much, Jason. Thanks for having me. Western Edge is powered by Navigator, Canada's leading high-stakes public affairs firm. Our show today was produced by Kathy Moore, Kayla Duty, John Gardner, and Kim Drapek. A very special thank you goes out to the new CEO of the Calgary Chamber of Commerce, Deborah Yedlin. Tune in every Friday over the summer to listen to the latest episode of The Western Edge.